0: what's up people uh welcome back to another episode of project life with the man that's so lame i actually am a whole thing about excuse me regarding making fun of myself and making fun of the internet because the internet's Just there's so many people it's dumb things that happen like on Instagram, how everybody's life is like a magical mystery land and nobody ever shares what the hard things are. So I am having a lot of fun over on Instagram stories. If you happen to be there and want to hang out and just do some good stuff. So find me at Mike J Watts. If you want to know some of that yesterday, I did a small tour around the house that included myself showing you where I hang my hats. So it's like cribs, but you know, the real stuff that people go through. Anyway, uh, it has been a crazy, another week here in the world of the United States of America. And we're going to dive a little bit into that, but I also want to catch up on a few things. So the, the WhatsApp book club is in full force. It is October. We are reading ray mckesson's book on the other side of freedom so you want to make sure you get that book read by the end of the month i'm still pulling the details together for that i just found this brand new kind of software system that creates like a membership platform so i'm really into where communication could take place so i'm really excited to test that out so before i really announce anything I want to test that thing out and see what it looks like and see how it works, etc. So there will be more that's going to come on that, but we're basically at the end of the month, we're just going to have a Zoom call and that Zoom call, we'll just get on there, meet everybody, see everybody's face, just hang out and we'll take it away from there. So that is the WhatsApp, WhatsApp Book Club and that would be more information to come on that, but you want to look up Duray D-E-R-A-Y, DeRay. DeRay and you'll be able to find him. So it's a pretty unique name, and just type in Duray and you'll see the book that comes up for him. So if you wanna participate in that, and I'm gonna, my goal is with this book club is do a book a month, and we just kinda of hang out. We talk about sometimes business stuff, sometimes fiction. I'm still putting all the details together about you know, what it all be. But we're in month number one, people, so we don't need to find the solution, and it doesn't cost anything, it's free. Besides, you have to buy the book. Um, I'm not gonna send you the books. All right. Also on the Kate and Mike show, some happenings that have been over there have been fun. We just hit our 100 and our 101 episodes just went live. So pretty excited about that one. Um, we just interviewed Shay Stewart Boulet, the black girl in Maine on our episode, which was really a lot of good learnings. I came away from that um, recently. One of my most favorite podcasts was Patricia Moreno about fat phobia. So you can check all those out if you're not a subscriber to the Kate and Mike show. Um, But that's, uh, yeah, that's kind of the updates that have been going on. And let's see what else is happening in the land of just kind of what's taking place. Uh, Marie Forleo and Laura Belgrade put together a copy cure, like a copy course. So there'll be more to come on that if you on my newsletter. So now I started sending out a newsletter every Friday. Um, which I used to do this before, before I went on complete sabbatical for a while, um, taking care of Ruby. And it's just like, three to four to five things that I found interesting that week. And you can just, it's really simple. It's a very easy read, but I'm like into these things. And so my newsletter that will come out will have the links to that as well, but you can also go to katenorthurb.com forward slash copy to get more information. If becoming a better writer is something that you're into, it is for me, I'm definitely gonna take the course. I'm really excited about that to learn about how to write some better copy. So you can learn more about that at katenorthrop.com forward slash Copy. And so Marie and Laura Belgrade, which we have big fans of Marie. And then we've also um, had, you know, we've used Laura Belgrade services. So we're big fans of Laura as well. So you can check more of that out there. Today, I want to kind of dive into, oh yeah, podcast dates are changing from coming out on Tuesdays to Thursdays. I didn't, I forgot that our Kate and Mike show comes out on Tuesdays. So I'm like, why would we, why would I put one out on Tuesdays as well? That's dumb. So I basically, so Tuesday is the Kate and Mike show comes out. Wednesday, Kate's newsletter comes out. Thursday. My podcast comes out, The Project Life with Mike Watts, and then Friday the newsletter for me comes out. So we kind of structured the week in it. Monday I like to leave a little bit blank because everybody's getting back into the day. So I like to do Fridays are a good day for kind of wrap up situations and towards the end of the week. And it works better for us our team as well. Anyway, so today I want to talk about a question that I was asked by Dr. Juliana Morris and I was interviewed by her recently. She was a little backstory for her. I received when I, a couple years ago when I purchased B-School, I was going, I was in the Facebook group a lot. This is great lessons for those of you that are running a business as well. I actually have to start doing more of it anyway. But I was in there and I was commenting on some stuff and she reached out to me and said, do you do one-on-one coaching? And this had to be in 20, I want to say 2015, 2016. And I said, no, but I've actually been thinking a lot about it recently. And she said, okay, Um, well, I'm interested. And I said, great. So I just put prices together and started putting, I was like, well, it'll be, we can do a one day session in person It'll be fifteen hundred dollars, and then it'll be five hundred dollars a month, and ongoing for a minimum of three months. And then we would do four. And I was like, okay, that's what I just I just made up the prices, and I was like, this is what I think this is worth. And it, now my rates are not that; uh, they're more they're more than that now. So, and because I've gotten better and I am good at what I'm doing. So it's been very great to work with people, and I'm really happy um, to work with individuals as I do the consulting work. So anyway, I met with her, and she was my very first client, and we had a really good time, and I helped her grow her business. She was going through some stuff with her business and changing, and so I was helping her do that as well. And we basically. got it, you know, we really helped her grow her business. So it was awesome. And she says she still thinks back a lot and because we haven't worked together in probably a year and a half or so. So she still thinks a lot about that time that we spent together and progressing. And she came to Maine and we did an in-depth deep dive day, uh, which was great. And then since then, she is, just to kind of, let me pull it up, just to give a little background. Um, Let me actually just pull up her website. So I can just tell you from her about page, what she actually says about herself. I mean, I can do it, but that's, uh, she helps Oh, whoops, here we go. But I just want to see what her formal thing is. Basically here's her sub tagline just on her homepage here. Uh, I help women rethink sex, sexuality, and pleasure. I take the taboo out of the topics and make them easy to talk about and implement. Because there's nothing embarrassing about empowerment, fulfillment, and connection. In fact, it's these very things that have power to change everything. So she is a therapist professor filmmaker philanthropist and has talked to thousands of women who all express similar pains longing for a more fulfilling experience with their partners feeling deeply disconnected to their bodies wanting to discover what they want in their bedroom and how to ask for it searching for a process and spark their vibrancy again so she is what i would call is and she calls this as well but it's more of a. I i mean she's a counseling background and be your own sexpert is her t-shirt time, which I love. So four tips to start being your own sexpert. I love that. Anyway, so we started, she reached out to me recently and just said, Hey, I'm doing this interview series about what it means to be a good man. I was like, that's cool. Count me in. Or she was posting about on Instagram. I was like, I'm in. And I was like, great. So let's do that. So she's been interviewing all sorts of different men from different backgrounds. Um, different races. I don't know what their gender identification is, but I'm looking forward to actually watching this series that she's putting together and talk to her more about it. I probably will bring her on on this podcast soon um, when she's all done with everything, just to kind of get a learnings from what she went through and what she learned from interviewing all these different gentlemen and so we're in the talk she you know it starts off as you know tell a little bit about yourself where are you how are things going a little bit of catching up etc and then all of a sudden she asked me this question and it says she was asking me quite a few questions that i haven't really thought about too much and then she says what do you think it means to be a good man and i was like hmm interesting. And so I thought about it. And then I came back with an answer that I don't really remember what it was right off the top of my head. And then she said, well, what do you think it means to not be a good man? And my immediate response was Trump, you know, right? It's like how he acts and how he presents himself and all this stuff. And I said, she said, well, that could be an answer for it. You know, everybody could answer that. And I said, you're true. And I said, that's the thing is like, Trump is easy. Like it's an easy answer to respond to a question like that, because Mm -hmm. You could, you could easily point fingers. So when I rethought about the question, I just said, you know, it's like authentic and integrity and showing up. It was a lot of kind of generic terms, I would say. But I, I, you know, think about that as a good man. And I rethought about it a little bit more. And I've been thinking about it for about two weeks now and just kind of pondering it and sitting on it. And so I wanted to kind of rephrase and rethink about, especially after my podcast episode last week with, was all about Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh. And what I've been seeing online recently, since um, the Kavanaugh hearing and, or not really the hearing, but the the statements. Uh, same with Dr. Ford and what has in- transpired from then, from there, regarding like Lindsey Graham and Jeff Flake and what these gentlemen are doing, especially these white ma- male Republicans in power, right? And how they're handling the situation where Kavanaugh and sexual abuse comes out. Um, and what is taking place. Um, Recently, I've had someone that has been pretty close to me uh, revealed I was the second person that this person ever told regarding an experience that they had when they were younger. And they buried it. And it was my first interaction with someone that is expressing this amount of vulnerability to me. And my heart just like broke when they were telling me, not in details, but just they gave me the, um, you know, the summary of just like what I just kind of shared with you. And it was now I, I get it. Like I can see why having a person, um, like, or not a person, but having Dr. Ford go and express this and how it can bring up past trauma for people, because there was a, a great um, graphic that I'm gonna post on Instagram soon, but it was a social researcher asked men what to do on a daily basis to avoid being sexually harassed, and really men nothing. I don't ever think about it. And women, there's like 50 different things. Never make eye contact with a man on the street. Make sure you have a cab fare. Hold my keys, a potential weapon. Check the back seat before getting in the car. Always carry a cell phone. Don't go jogging at night. Lock the windows when I sleep on a hot night. Be careful not to drink too much. Never put my drink down. Come back to it. Right. So it was these um, these concerns that were just listed. I remember living, we moved to a place in Portland where Kate has never, you know, Kate never lived when we first moved here in 2013 and our neighborhood wasn't necessarily, um, I wouldn't say like, it was just sketchy. It's a good way to put it. Like there was just a lot of drunk people out in the middle of the night. And there's just like a lot of yelling went on between people like out on our front porch, and stuff like that. So I would just walk outside and do my thing and not really worry too much about it. And she would feel a little uncomfortable at night. So we would have conversations about this. And sometimes she'd be like, can you walk me to the car, even though the parking lot was behind our building? um, Because it was a little bit dark back there. It's like things that I don't think about. So when it comes back to being the good man, and so now understanding the perspective with the person close to me has gone through, or share with me their experience, I understood as much as I could, right. About what it was like to bury a sexual assault or experience and how this can be upcoming for and bringing up stuff for people, um, especially in an environment where it's front and center, like on the Senate. So, that really brought it back home to what does it mean to be a good man and in the response i just said it's about for me it's about listening and understanding getting empathetic for and having empathy for other people's experiences and then of course owning you know, it's of course, I live my path of that I feel is my truth. And I continually walk that line and continually live what that truth is. But also putting yourself in other people's shoes. So me putting myself in somebody else's shoes, I just saw a, so like the experience that I just shared, or understanding what Dr. Ford went through. And like I said last week, whether Kavanaugh or did it, to her it's not a this is much bigger than the relationship between kavanaugh and dr ford this is about this experience to happen it never should have and so when i watch the responses from like somebody like lindsey graham or mitch mcconnell these guys in the senate and they just don't care. Like Trump, the White House, they don't care. There's no there's no level of concern for someone else. It's about power. It's about pushing their agenda through. And to me, that is not a good man. That is a way that the uh, that's a system. That is the definition of patriarchy, I believe. Um, but that's a system that's put in place for success for certain people, and they are trying to keep it stable there. So when it comes back to Being a good man and being a good person, it's showing up for what my responsibilities are. It's owning up for what I screwed up on. It's owning up for, if I made a mistake in business, it's like owning that. If I made a mistake to one of my employees, it's owning that. You know, it's me apologizing. Mistakes will happen, but it's a lot of how it'll handle. And I don't know if this is true, but I was speaking to another friend about, um, you know, everything that's been going on. And this was a woman and um, she said... You know, a lot of times with these folks that have gone through the sexual assault experiences, they just want to be heard and apologized to, to say, I know what I did was wrong. And I don't really know, but I thought that was an interesting perspective. Like, I can't answer that for every single person in the world, and neither can this person. But they just said, you know, if from my experience, it was honoring the fact that this was real and honoring my feelings that exist. And you can let me know. You can hit me up to say if that's correct or not correct. But I feel like as a good man, it's just, it's recognizing what I have done in the past and acknowledging that and addressing it with people that I might have done it to, right? And then made people feel bad or things like this. And I feel like that is what the definition of as a good man and a good human is. It's also being a good friend. And one thing that I see a lot, especially in this circle of online entrepreneurs or these online business people is that. They want, to, they want to build relationships, but then there's also no, um, but it's like kind of a distant relationship, right? So it's about diving in deep with people and it's acknowledging that other people would like that as well. And to really find the purpose of what I'm doing this business for, or you might be doing this business for. So it is that authenticity piece, um, doing it not because of the ego, but doing it for different reasons. And being authentic, authentic, it's showing up in life in multiple facets for me. I mean, these are definitions I'm speaking for myself. I can't define other men's individuality. But it's if I'm going to commit to something in a way that's going to help somebody out, that I stick to that and I move forward with it. And it is. It's, being, it's having integrity. It's having integrity for the, the information or the content that I'm going to put out that I stand strongly behind. And it's doing things that feel good to me. And that's a new concept for me. It's usually before it's been just the production and and produce, produce, produce. And now it's not about that. Now it's about, for me, it's like what feels good, what brings joy and excitement. Of course, helping other folks as well, but really digging deep into um, something beyond the surface answer for for myself. So, I mean, that's kind of that little roundabout podcast about what it means to be a good man. And... It's, uh, I just want like, it's feeling good, right? I know in a lot of these situations that we know when we're doing the wrong thing, you know, it's whether, even if it's under, take the influence of alcohol, for instance, right? If we have to drink to do things to party or dance or like groove or whatever this is, like it's eliminating who, and alcohol just influences, it heightens of who a person really is. So substances, right? Let's take right. People check out. People smoke weed to freaking check out. Um, and there's people that can function on weed. Like it, Snoop Dogg talks about this all the time. Wiz Khalifa, like these guys that all they do is smoke pot. It's like, and then they can function on it. There's very few individuals that can actually maintain a checkout habit, and be successful, right? There are certain people that are able to be functional alcoholics and perform in the world, but be horrible when taking care of themselves. There is people that can that smoke weed and are horrible at their jobs, right, when they're high or take care of things, right? It's this checkout substance. So what happens is a lot of times, especially with alcohol, is that it influences, let's take Kavanaugh, this big conversation, it influences and heightens the what the person really is like and if kavanaugh was that upset and angry at his testimonial for not even he's sober supposedly right like being on alcohol will just influence that to another level and that's danger right that's a dangerous place to be and that's where a lot a lot of negative things happen and bad things happen and i had plenty of years of drinking so i am very familiar with this situation Um, not being angry. I never was an angry drunk. I'm not really a truly an angry person either. And they say the same thing about alcohol and they say it about money, right? As you get more and more money, the true, your truth really shines through and you determine who you are. So it's Trump's a great example of that because now there's the reports coming out that he inherited all of his money from his father and he didn't really generate it all for himself. I mean, that's I've already known that for past couple of years. Um, based off documentaries I've watched, et cetera. But he was a jerk back then, and he's a jerk now, right? So it's not that it's money doesn't change you. It just influences and heightens who you truly are. It's the same thing when we drink. So for me, being a good man is if you're deciding to drink or have alcohol, for instance, since we're talking about that, it's number one, being able to control it. Number two is not doing it to the place that you're like checking out or blacking out. It's actually being present because if we have such a limited landscape of us being humans and if I have to drink all the time just to be present, that's not really being a good man. That's not being here. Like why spend my life doing that? And I'm not talking about just one beer a week or something here. This is, this is like a six pack a day or things like this. It's, it's really checking out from the life that we're currently living. So, I mean, I don't think a good man checks out, truthfully. A good man shows up. I mean, being a dad and, like, showing up for my kids is freaking hard. And it's like, oh, I, I, you know, the beliefs and whatever, you know, a lot of times you hear about what I just said is don't say that. No, it's really hard. Being present for two small humans, one is three that is, you know, trying to figure out our own life, and one is five, sick, almost six months. And then there's Kate, right? And then there's myself. So, and if myself isn't whole and I'm not taken care of in a way that I feel complete, like there's no way I can show up for these other three people. And like raising children and running a business and doing what we're doing is it's a challenge. Every single day is a challenge to where do I invest my time? Where do I show up the most? So For that piece, it is very important to make sure that things are clear on my end and that I'm taking care of myself so that I can fully show up for these other individuals. And it's just recognizing the truth that's there. Like last night, I told Kate a lot of stuff that has happened over the past few years since we've been running our business. And I'll share more about that in the future. But I was just like, here's my truth. You know, Here's where it is. This is the reality. This is the way I feel. That's where I feel where I'm at. And um, it's hard. You know, it's a challenge to recognize that because when I would drink a lot or smoke weed or do drugs, cocaine or mushrooms and ecstasy and all these other things, and um, it was the form of not dealing with pain. It was not dealing with the things that I need to deal with. And now that I stopped doing all of that, there is no other option for me. It's either deal with it or it's like I'm miserable, right? I'm a miserable grump to be around. So it's as I've dealt with this, it's challenging just dealing with it itself, being in your stuff, sitting with yourself is a, is it a thing that not many of us want to actually do, but the more that I've done it, I feel like that's the definition of becoming a good man is the, and I am, I'm a, I believe I'm a good dude. I believe I'm a good father, um, a good husband, a decent son. I would say it's been a challenge, you know, we've had a a crazy life with my parents. Um, But the truth is, like, I'm here to live my life. I'm not here to live for my parents. My parents are there to live their lives and they're not here to live for their children. Right. So it's not it's not my responsibility to make my parents happy. Right. It's their responsibility to take care of themselves. And it's not Penelope and Ruby's responsibility to do anything for me. And right now it's my responsibility to help them grow. But I don't expect anything from Ruby or Penelope. I'm not expecting them to take care of me when I'm old. I'm not expecting them to make money where I live in their house. I'm not expecting them to live in the same town as me. Like I have no expectations whatsoever that they need to do anything for me because it's not That's I I'm not going to live through my kids. Um, but it's my responsibility to just be here f- with them and for them. And when they need me, I'll show up you know, and it's just showing up on that, that face. Um, right now, they need me a lot. And uh, so does the business, so does employees, <laughs> so does Kate, and so does myself. So it's a challenge. But I think good man is a recognizing, you know, when we screw up and admitting to the problems and the issues, and being there when we need to be there, um, showing up when we need to show up, um, and slowing down when it needs to be slowed down. And for me at this point, it's 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 really understanding my feminine energy side of myself and, and really feeling into that more to allow me to guide in the direction to take business projects, life, friendships, partnerships, etc., and kind of what the next steps are instead of just dominate, complete domination with my masculine side. So that is this episode of Project Life with Mike Watts. So what does it mean to be a good man? Hit me up on Instagram. You can comment. I think there's comments on the website. This, I don't even know. Um, because we changed, so the Mike J. Watts website now officially has a podcast page, people, that's pretty fun, and then I'm writing a post with every single episode, and so now they have their own individual posts. It's pretty cool. Uh, there is no comments, which is fine, but you can share it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can send me a message on Instagram. That's really, why don't we just do that? That's a fun place to be. I like it there. Mike J. Watts, W-A-T-T-S. I will see you next week. It'll come out on Thursday from this point moving forward. Have a great day. Cheers.